0: You are listening to a podcast from Influence Church. We hope it encourages and empowers you to make a difference in your world for the Kingdom of God. For any more information visit our website, influencechurch.co.uk. Enjoy the message. Christmas. Can you believe it? A week today, we will have opened some presents, those of us who've been well-behaved or people that don't wait after dinner. Uh, and we will be halfway through for some parents who've been up since 3 o'clock, halfway through our Christmas day. Uh, but we want to really invite, welcome you. If you're new today, I hope you feel really at home. And boys and girls, you've got your packs there. And I believe the bags can also be colored in. So if you finish with all the stuff inside... Why don't you spend 10 minutes coloring your bags as well so you can do the best pretty bag as well? So I want to talk, obviously, about Christmas. Um, Put your hand up if you've been to a nativity play in the last week. (laughs) Oh, look around the room, people. There is an estimate. Are you ready for this? 10,921 primary schools in the UK who are doing nativities in the last week. That's impressive. Plus... There's loads of churches doing nativities in different forms. You saw last week's beautiful one, this one's slightly odder one. Uh, you've seen all sorts of things on TV, you've seen Christmas cards with the nativity. You've seen TV programs with the nativity. you've even seen films for the nativity. Why? 2,000 years after it happened, are we still going on about the nativity? Because it isn't really the best story in some ways. You see, it's not even got singing in like the Polar Express. Have you noticed? I mean, there's, there's rumors of angels singing, but in terms of songs, there's not really the best songs from it. It's not even that funny like Elf. Have you ever noticed that? I mean, Elf is my favorite of the funny Christmas films, uh, but it's not that funny. There's no romance like The Holiday. I mean, there's a boy and a girl, but it's not as exciting as The Holiday. There's no Jack Black or anything. There's not even the level of action that there is in Die Hard. Um, <clears throat> Do we think Die Hard is a Christmas movie? Is not a Christmas movie. Okay. The general consensus is Die Hard is a Christmas movie. So maybe at 9 p.m. on Wednesday, we can watch that one here. (laughs) We'll check IDs on the way in for... Richard can make that happen. Um, so, this, why, if it's not got... Sing- and I'll tell you what, it's also not got some of the things from that video. I have watched and read the nativity, and I've never seen any hint of Santa Claus in it. There's no snowmen in it that fly or do anything. So, what it doesn't even seem that Christmassy. So, why, 2,000 years later, is the nativity still done 10,000 times a year in schools, and still talked about, and still celebrated if it isn't even seemingly that Christmassy? Well, because the nativity story is not just a story like Elf and Home Alone and all those great stories. It's a life-changing event that happened. Bible says this in John 1 verse 14, The Word became flesh and blood and moved into the neighborhood, we saw the glory with our own eyes, the one-of-a-kind glory, like father, like son, generous inside and out, true from start to finish. The reason, boys and girls, the nativity is still talked about is because it isn't just a story, it's a life-changing event when heaven moved from itself into our neighborhood. And when I think about moving to the neighborhood, I remember back to lockdown days. Remember those days? They weren't good. But there were some good bits. Do you remember those weird things? Do you remember at kind of 7 or 8 o'clock every Thursday, we'd go and stand on our steps and bang pans? <laughs> uh, and that was just a thing that we did. It was like, what are you doing this week? What pans are you banging? And our street kind of went up levels and started to get competitive. It was great. Some, one year, a week, do you remember, there was lasers and stuff. It got, And someone played a trumpet. It was like every week, let's try and one-up ourselves because it's banging pans time. That's not normal. Do you remember Joe Wicks doing PE in our living rooms? That was weird. Not physically, because he was socially distanced, but on our TVs. Do you remember this, my favorite story of lockdown? Noah, can you put the video on, that this happened in a village or a town in Wales? 260 sheep took over a town called Lund- Lundugno in Wales. Not sheep, Goats. They took over a whole town, and they did all sorts of stuff. One of the best stories that I've seen is they queued up outside Primark that was closed, because we're allowed to be in Primark. But is a great photo that exists, if you want to Google it later, of six of these goats just lining up outside Primark. Uh, they broke into people's houses. There was a story of a lady who runs a B&B who heard a noise, got ready with her baseball bat and hairspray, which is just Brilliant. Um, to go and attack this, this intruder. And it was, in fact, a goat that had got in. They rampaged through the town. Why? Because people weren't allowed out. And so suddenly, because there was space, the goats invaded. And they took over everywhere. Everywhere they went, um, when people were out on their daily walks, they were allowed to do, they would video these goats. They weren't afraid of people. Until the police came, then they ran off. There's a bit of that in a second. Look, there they are. Just This isn't socially distanced. <laughs> they well-behaved goats, and then in a second the police comes. So they've gone because there was more than six of them. Do you remember? So they, were like, they, they went. <laughs> Rule-breaking goats of Wales that moved into a neighbourhood because there was space. And the thing about Christmas is this: there was space in the world. The world needed something. It's like the world was lacking hope. For years, people have been waiting for God to do something. There was a lack of joy, a lack of peace, a lack of, it seemed like God had done anything. And God was silent. And the people needed change. I don't know if you've ever felt in your world, in your life, that you need a change to happen. That's exactly what the whole world was like. And so God, in his good kindness and greatness, sent his child to come to earth. Why? Because the problem was that we all made mistakes. Anyone ever made a mistake before? We mess up. It means that we're, like, we're full of darkness and God is full of light and the two cannot combine. Someone had to pay for our mistakes. And so people were separate from God. Only the really, 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 really good ones could get close to God. Even David Foster wouldn't have made the mark to get close to God. And he's pretty good. He's as close as we've got. There was this gap that happened that they couldn't get to. So God sent his son to earth to be born into this messy world. It's the equivalent of us sending our child into a war zone from safe, calm Richmond, Barnacastle, Bishop Auckland. Now I am an over-prepared mom. I like to see it. I like to see all these mums down here with their Lego packs they brought because they know the kids are going to sit in the, the many snacks, making me hungry slightly. Um, but I'm a prepared mum. Whenever I leave my kids because I have to go away somewhere, I leave so many lists. Like, you wouldn't believe the lists on cupboards. There's schedules printed out. are emails to people. There's Alexa set to remind different things at different points because I'm prepared. And I have a list of requirements for someone's looking after my kids because I like them, even though they're teenagers. Um, And if I was God, if I was assigned to send my child from the safety and perfection and greatness of heaven into a broken world, I would have some lists of things I'd want to do. You all right, Jill? I'd have a list of things I'd want to do. Here's the first thing. I'd want someone who's experienced. I'd want Faye Thompson-type parenting. Faye, who's raised four children and homeschooled them, which is just, I did it for about six weeks in lockdown. Almost broke me. Uh, But faith is still going strong. Uh, I want someone who's got a proven track record. I've got four kids, raised them beautifully. I'd want that. And yet God chose a teenager. Have you met a teenager? God chose a teenager who got no experience to come and be the one who bears his child. I'd want him to be born somewhere safe and clean. I've researched this. Japan. If you're looking for where you want to have a baby, Japan's the place to go. The cleanest place to go, the best trained midwives, the best technology, the highest success rates, if you like. I'd want to go there. But God sent his son to be born, not in a clean, hygienic place, but in a dirty stable. I'd want medical staff on hand, not shepherds with a staff in their hands. I'd want to be born at a time when there's least risk possible. I'd want to eliminate every possible risk. My oldest son, Asha, got back from Cambodia this week. When I (laughs) said... Ah, uh, looking in him rocking the Cambo merch. Um, I, I, when I sent him, I sent him with so many provisions of things of what, if, if anything happened, you have this, you have this medicine, you have this. It came back all completely untouched. But I sent him prepared because I wanted to have no risk if that's possible. Apparently that wasn't well thought out because there's many risks that I've now discovered since he's been back in the country. Um, but here's the thing. When Jesus was born, he was born at a time when all babies under the age of two boys were, gonna, were to be killed. That doesn't sound like a very safe time to be sending my son to be born. And lastly, I don't want him to be born to a place and a person where he's understood, where he's liked, where he's appreciated. And yet Jesus lived his entire life, it would seem, un- misunderstood, persecuted, criticized. And when you look at this story as it is, you almost think, you almost think, was it a mistake? Did they do this wrong? Did God make a mistake to send him to a teenage girl? Well, no, because the, the, the part of the teenage girl gives people like me hope. Because I think, well, if God can use a teenage girl who's not, got no experience, and her only qualification was that she loved him and said yes, then how much more can he use me and you? It means that none of us are disqualified. In terms of the place that God sent his child to be born, a town called Bethlehem of maybe six, 700 people, no one heard of. It wasn't significant. It wasn't Jerusalem. It was a town on the outskirts. It gives me hope that if the hope of the world can happen in Bethlehem, it can happen in Richmond. It can happen in Bishop Auckland. It can happen in Barnard Castle. Because God loves the seemingly insignificant places and parts of our world. And if God can send his son at a time of no peace, of complete chaos in the world, At a time where nothing seemed to line up and make sense, how much more does that give us hope that when we feel like our world is pretty broken, when we feel like our lives aren't flowing well, when we feel like we haven't got our lives together, He can come in in a moment and change things. He can bring peace, He can bring stability, He can bring transformation, He can do what seemed impossible. 700 years before Jesus was born, this was written in Isaiah. Band, if you want to come and join me on the stage. Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says this. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. 700 years before he was born they started to talk about that one day a someone is coming, a someone who's going to hold things together, who's going to make the world work, who will make things make sense, who will bring peace when people need peace, who will hold things together. And that's why now, thousands of years later, we are still talking about, still celebrating, still thanking God for this incredible story. Because it's not just a story. It's a reality that we get to live in. The word became flesh. And that story gives us hope. It gives us answers. It changed everything. Through a teenage girl in an obscure place at a broken time, hope came from safety of heaven into the brokenness of our world. Why? So that one day that baby didn't stay a baby, but he grew up and changed everything. He lived a different way. He walked a different walk, he talked a different way, and he died a different, horrible death. Why? So that what was for, what was promised was fulfilled. That he would take on all the mess, the mistakes, the things we'd done wrong, and make a way. So it didn't just have to be the ones who were good enough. But any of you, whether you feel like you fit the, the brand or not, any one of us could come to Jesus and say, Hey, I need something. I need a change to happen. I need peace. I need to know that this isn't it. I need to have some sense of hope in my life. And I wonder right now, as we're sat here in this Christmas service, and kids, you've been amazing. But as I sat here in this Christmas service, I wonder if there's anyone here who knows right now that they are not right with God. That they are not right with God. That they are not in a relationship with him. That maybe he used to be years ago, but now, You've walked away or things have got in. And I love that that um, video that we just watched. And basically what happened is they took Jesus out of the story. They had Christmas without Jesus. And so many people around our country, that's the, the reality they have. They have the Santa. They have the snowman. They have the presents. They have the turkey. They, they think about the nativity scene. But in terms of Jesus, he's taken out. Well, just like in Landugno a couple of years ago, there was space. And in the space... The goats moved in. I wonder if we made space in our hearts to give God space to move into our hearts and our lives. Close your eyes in this place. We're nearly finished. Just with all eyes closed. If there's anyone here who you know that you are not right with God, that you maybe have had life, but Jesus has been taken out of the picture, you know that you have a life that does not involve God and you know you need something. You know there's a gap and a lack in some way. If that's you and you say today, before we have any more Christmas stuff, before we move on with our life. But yes, I want to have a relationship with Jesus. John, if you can put the lights up slightly more on the balcony as well so I can see. If that's you, if you say, yeah, I need to respond today to Jesus with eyes closed across this place. Would you raise your hand so we know we're going to pray for We're not going to ask you to come out and do anything weird, but you just identifying. yeah, I need to have Jesus in my life, in my picture of my life this Christmas. If that's you, just raise your hand where you are. Amen. God, I pray this Christmas that we would not get so busy with the stuff, not get so full of the festivities, that we forget the main main reason for this season, which is you. Jesus, I pray that we make sure there's space for you to come into our life. God, we thank you for the incredible story that is the nativity. That's not just a story that was 2,000 years ago, but it's a living, active story right now for each one of us. God, we thank you for the joy that it is to know you, to have hope, to have joy, that you choose people who don't seem the ones that will be the first choices, but you choose them to bring your light and your love to to all of mankind. God, we thank you. In your name, Jesus, amen. Amen. Let's stand with Thank you for listening to this podcast from Influence Church. For any more information, visit our website influencechurch.co.uk Influence Church empowering you to make a difference in your world for the kingdom of God